Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and this is podcast number 172. And in today's podcast, in honor of September being National Spinal Cord Injury Awareness Month, I sat down with Mr. Kyle Eigen. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you may remember him. He was on a couple of years ago, I think think uh, with his physical therapist, Dr. Gina Tomasoni, and they were talking all about Kyle's injury. He sustained a spinal cord injury when he was in eighth grade and all the hard work he put in and the years of physical therapy and what he was able to accomplish as a result a number of years later, but he did it. And he's going to tell his story in today's podcast. So I don't want to give any of it away if you didn't listen to the interview I did with him a couple of years ago. It's a great, great story. And you'll hear all about what he's doing now, how his life has changed, and the work that he's doing to better the lives of people in wheelchairs. And it's really, really fantastic. So uh, make sure you listen all the way to the end too, because then he'll tell you how to get in touch with him if you have any questions or ideas, or you want to pick his brain or learn more about what he's doing in his life to help others. And it's just really great. So I thank him very, very much. And he, you know, as a side note, he and I actually went to the same uh, high school in Old Forge, Pennsylvania. So that's how I know about him. And I'm just so grateful that he has come on this podcast twice and even called in during my 100th episode. So technically he's been on three times. So I'm super grateful to him and his family. And um, you'll just hear a lot about what he's gone through since his injury and the amount of help and love and support he's gotten from the town I grew up in, the school and the community, and, and all of it played a part, a huge role in his recovery. And he continues to do great things. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode because I definitely did. So let's talk about what is on the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart, Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Community Board for this week. So what this is, is every week, I sort of highlight something that's going on in health, wellness, physical therapy. So if you have something that you want me to talk about, just go to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. Go to the contact page and in the heading, just put community board and I will talk about all the fun stuff that you are doing on one of the podcasts. So please go to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com, the contact page and in the headline, just put community board. Okay, so this week, I want to say congratulations to Stand the Haiti Project. As you know, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about them. They had started a Kickstarter campaign to bring a film crew with them when they go onto their mission trip to Haiti, and they're going in the next two weeks, and they will treat over 1,200 people. So they were raising funds because they want to do a short film on the medical conditions of in some of the poorest regions in Haiti to bring more awareness to what the people of Haiti really need. So congratulations. They got their Kickstarter funded. And in October, they're going to be coming on this podcast to talk all about their trip to Haiti. So um, be sure to tune in for that sometime in October. I don't know when but it's going to be in October. The other thing on the community board is in less than one month, it is the PT Day of Service. So if you have not gone to ptdayofservice.com and registered, please do so. So what you do is you go to the website, you register, you find your country, you find your state, you find an ambassador, and you find out what to do in your community. If there's If your state or your area is not represented by an ambassador, become an ambassador. It's super easy. I am an ambassador. It's no big deal. Um, And for those people listening, if you are in the New York City area or you plan on being in the New York City area on October 17th, contact me because we have teamed up with New York Cares and we are going to be going to a school in New York City. I think it's going to be in Brooklyn. And we are going to work on beautifying that elementary school. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Fun. It's going to be a nice day and a great way to get out into the community, meet people, tell them what you do, and get physical therapy a little more visible and a little bit more in the forefront of people's minds. So 
Make sure you check out Stan the Haiti Project, check out PT Day of Service, and continue listening to this podcast because it was a lot of fun. And if you like what you hear, definitely share it with your friends and family. Go to iTunes and leave me a rating or a review, and I would be ever so grateful. So thanks so much for listening. Have a great week and enjoy the podcast. everyone. Welcome to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am here today with Kyle Eigen. So Kyle, hello. Welcome back. How's it going? Morning, Karen. Good morning. Yes, I know. I guess we should tell everyone we're sort of pre-recording. This is like nine in the morning right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's not too early for you. Um, no, nah, nah, this is fine. Good, good. So, so listen, you were on the show like many years ago. <laughs> A couple, yeah. And at that time, you were just graduating from high school. Now you've just graduated from college, and we're going to talk about all that. But for people who don't know you, can you uh, kind of tell your story for us? Yeah, no problem. Um, my name is Kyle Eigen. Like Karen just said, I come from a small town, um, Old Forge, Pennsylvania. Pizza capital um, of the world. <laughs> I always say yeah, that. Self, self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. Actually. People can yeah. Google it. <laughs> And um, I come from a town of basically blue, hard, hardworking, blue-collar people. And I was taught from an early age that nothing's ever given to you in life and anything you want, like, you have to go and get it. And I applied that to everything I did, um, especially in sports and sports I excelled at. And unfortunately, um, in September of 2006, actually, I just had my ninth year anniversary on Saturday. Oh, my God. Um, I sustained a spinal cord injury um, that has left me paralyzed um, from the waist down. I had a C5, C6 incomplete um, injury uh, that day. Uh, I still remember I was 14. It was a month into my uh, 14 years of living, and I still remember everything (laughs) up to that point. I didn't pass out or anything else, and it's just been a long roller coaster ride. I mean, I still remember going to school that day, everyone I talked to, teachers I seen, and then the bus ride leading up to the game, warm ups, the whole the whole nine. And uh, it was an unfortunate event, but um, it's been, uh, like I said before, a lot a big big roller coaster ride. But um, a, a lot of good has come from it <laughs> in a pretty pretty crazy way. Yeah, and and just so people know, that was during a football game. Yeah, my freshman. I for for those usually um, a freshman football team is just freshman players, <laughs> but uh, my town anybody from seventh, eighth, and ninth grade can play on the freshman team, and I was in eighth grade, um, and I played a little bit seventh grade, and then I was a starting eighth grade receiver and also a cornerback on defense, and that's where I got hurt. It was uh, the first play of the game, <laughs> ironically, and. Uh, I was on the right side, so the guy had basically, uh, for those of you who know football term, basically they handed off to the running back, um, running to the opposite field of me, and he broke a tackle, reversed his field, came over towards um, my side of the field, and he was on the verge of breaking another tackle, and I came in, and it wasn't even um, my head was down or anything like that. It was just face mask to face mask, Mm -hmm. and just the impact of everything just coming more towards my way, all the momentum, it just basically was whiplash. And I went right down. And once I got down, I just felt, I, I knew something was wrong instantly. And I kind of like turned over to two of my teammates uh, on the field. And I said, I, I can't get up at all. And instantly I felt pins and needles. Basically when your foot falls asleep, kind of, mm-hmm. that was going through all my lower extremities. Uh, my they called my coaches out, uh, came on the field. Um, he was touching all my legs and everything else. And I, I felt all that. I just obviously couldn't move it. Mm-hmm. And the, the crazy thing is, is that on the way up, I'm pretty sure like the bus stalled out. So we almost canceled the game, but then it started back up again. We are good. My, both of my parents had something going on with work. So they 
weren't supposed to be there at all. I was in the away game about close to an hour away. And my brother had something with school and he helped with the coaching and things like that. And they all ended up being there um, right for the start of the game too. And then from there, they took me into the ambulance to uh, a local hospital. And then the doctor told me um, that I had broken my neck and being 14 years old, I'm like, okay, no big deal. Like I'll just mm-hmm. get, get a brace on and go to school the next day. I wasn't thinking, I had no idea the severity of the whole entire injury. And uh, my mother's still upset to this day that the doctor told me, cause I was all alone in the room. Mm, the doctor God. came, yeah, the doctor came in and told me that. And obviously now I can understand it, but at that point, like I have obviously no of idea. Of and, course. um, the, Next thing you knew, within an hour or so, the life light, or actually my best friend, Kenny Polish, his parents, I was on the team with him as well, and they left the game. They did both do uh, things in the medical field, <laughs> and they lied and said that they were my either like my aunt and my uncle, mm-hmm. and to let them <laughs> back in to see me, and because they got there before my uh, parents did. And even to this day, now, nine years later, um, whenever they come over, um, my dad will go, hey, sis, <laughs> to mm-hmm. like, hey, bro, like, mm-hmm. to uh, my dad and his mother, because um, that's the only way, obviously, the family can get back there. And then from there, I was life-flighted to Thomas Jefferson in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, where I uh, had, it wasn't immediate surgery, but I got, I had, like I said, I remember everything up to that day. So I had contacts in. I couldn't move anything. I um, got the life flight to Philly. I'm on the table. Um, one of the nurses there actually took out my contacts for me. And mm-hmm. then I had a CAT scan, I believe. And at the time, um, I vomited in the middle of it. And I didn't think anything of it. It was, like, pretty dark. Mm-hmm. And now I realize I think I was just bleeding internally. That's all that was. And then oh I was, it was either within the 24 hours I had the, the surgery that they fused the C4, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. And they labeled an incomplete injury. And in the beginning, I was I was really bad shape. Um, I was in the ICU there for 13 days. And then I left from there to go to Allied Services um, Rehabilitation Center um, in Scranton. Mm-hmm. And I was there for about a month for inpatient. And then I did out for about two years so I had a I went from a football team and teammates and coaches to uh, my new coaches being my therapists and doctors and things of that nature but in the beginning I was really rough shape I couldn't I could barely even pick up my arms over my head mm-hmm. um, I needed basically 24-7 care I couldn't do anything on my own really and it was just relearning how to live in a new body mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. and, yeah, then more therapy, hour, hours, hours upon hours of therapy. Hours and hours of yeah. therapy, yeah. yeah and absolutely. I remember the last time we talked, you said one of the hardest things when you were first in therapy was just um, being able to kind of sit upright without getting dizzy. <laughs> Very good memory, yeah, yeah. Um, that was, yeah, because that was in ICU in, in Philadelphia uh-huh. for, for 13 days, so I was laying on just in bed yeah. all those days yeah. and the I had two therapists there um at the time and they told me like this will be the easiest therapy like you'll ever get and I kind of laugh like, I had no idea what to expect but they're absolutely right I mean um like I said re, re- learning how to live in a new body um mm-hmm. my central nervous system was all messed up because the signals weren't going processing sure. the right messages to the brain and everything else so my body uh pressure was or my blood pressure was just dropping really bad i get lightheaded real easily and that was one of the biggest things so it was the first day so i went to allied services pretty late night and i kind of just remember voices like i I think i was just so tired and Mm -hmm. all the uh pain medicine or whatever else i was on and i was in the bed and i met my doctor um, and my therapist, who is still really close with now, Gina Tomasoni, mm-hmm. and she told me that um, we will start work tomorrow and all these things. So when I woke up, 
herself and I believe uh, my occupational therapist too came up to my room and once I sat up that was, I had a recline in the chair in the manual chair that we had I was so lightheaded mm-hmm. my blood pressure dropped um, immensely and after a little bit then little by little um, started regaining just the blood pressure back like something everybody and myself included just took for granted of course every yeah. single day like you don't think like oh, okay like I'm not going to be able to even sit upright yeah yeah um and also from a young age being so active and playing three sports and everything else it it was just um very hard to grasp in the beginning of course for anyone regardless of age but especially when you're 14 absolutely i mean and that's where you know when the last time you were on you were on with gina your physical therapist and and it should also be mentioned that we all went to the same high school (laughs) <laughs> so Gina yes, went to the same high school as, and you and I did as well. And mm-hmm. Gina was two years ahead of me. She actually graduated with my older sister. Um, but what I what struck me is the bond that you guys had then and continue to have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is is really spectacular. And how much did that contribute to you going through the rehab process and accomplishing all that you did and continue uh, to do? It was. Uh, <laughs> A hundred percent. The reason why I well wouldn't say that. I mean, the support system I also had too. But I mean, without her, I wouldn't be anywhere. And also, my other therapist, I wouldn't be anywhere where I am today. But the personal relationship too. I mean, coming from a small town, stretch of three miles, like literally one town, one school. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was mind blowing that I didn't even know who she actually was until mm-hmm. that day mm-hmm. um and then when she told me yeah i'm from old forge and i'm related to so-and-so and everything else and then we just picked up her relationship right from then and she's been doing this for years and yeah. she knew she basically knew my limitations better than i did and that was just pivotal um mm. in, in my what way success i mean like i would think like okay i can't do anymore and she'd be like no like you got a couple more left and um we're gonna try this we still joke about even nine years later I was I I believe I had a power chair at the time that they had loaned me and I was using that all around but obviously to get upper body workout and cardio and everything else um, she took it away from me for the afternoon or the morning and she gave me a manual chair that I had to push Mm. and oh man I was not having it at all I was a young kid oh man I threw the biggest temper tantrum (laughs) Uh, but she, she didn't let up. She made me stay in that manual chair and I I could not take it. She goes, just try it out. And even now, like I, I still go in manual chairs and it's a great workout. And, um, at the time I, I hated it and I didn't know why she was doing this, but now obviously, um, maturing and looking back and Mm -hmm. knowing why she did what she (laughs) had done. And I mean, she's the expert in this. I'm just, she's the teacher. I'm just the student. You know what I mean? She definitely gave a a great lesson that day. Yes. There is, there is a method to the madness there, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And so, so, I mean, listen, I, I feel like you have accomplished so much, um, regardless injury or not, you've accomplished a lot. Graduated from high school, just graduated from college. We'll talk about kind of where you're, where you're off to next. But one thing that I think brought me to tears and probably half the town and, and maybe even half the country is on ESPN and everything. But <laughs> one of the goals that you set for yourself and or that maybe you and Gina set together, mm-hmm. what was that goal and what happened when you accomplished it? Not to, not to let the cat out of the bag, but... <laughs> My uh, my goal right from the beginning, once I got hurt, um, is and still is today, is to walk again. I mean, um, that's anybody's goal who is in the predicament that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been a competitor all my life. A competitor all my life. I mean, coming up from that small town, I don't know if it's this that 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 old forge mentality or mm-hmm. whatever, but it's just that competitiveness. I mean, if we're even playing checkers, like I'm gonna do <laughs> uh-huh. my will to just beat you out right and um i took the same thing with this i mean um instead of facing another opponent um the biggest opponent in your life that you're ever going to face is yourself and i just faced that this chair and this um injury as another opponent that i'm just trying to defeat every day and i i'm not sure if it was myself or gina who brought up the idea of braces but 
Um, I had, I originally had these braces that were made in somewhere in Philadelphia and they were not, they're not normal, I guess, um, to personally, they didn't feel right. And they had a lock, the ankles and I basically hopped like a rabbit kind of, mm. and mm-hmm. it wasn't a regular walking motion. And not only that, but the, the knees would buckle, like the braces would just unlock and <laughs> it was so hard to get the independence because Gina whenever we'd be walking they could just buckle at any moment yeah that's that's not grab. ideal yeah. so so those were a couple of fun uh sessions but with anything um you sink or you swim and you you learn and then after that I got uh, fitted for actual uh UGOs I believe they are uh-huh. and they come up to my mid rib cage and the biggest thing that it's just a walking motion exactly. I mean, I lead a little bit to the right, foot goes forward, I lead a little bit to the left, foot goes forward, mm-hmm. just like a regular walking motion. And in the begin and that's another thing too, because I have this standing frame, um one of my medical equipments, and I use that uh routinely every single day. Mm, um, minimum an hour, minimum an hour. And because we're sitting all day. Sure. Um so whenever I get in that it helps with um, uh, prevent skin care, skin breakdown, and sure. it helps with my blood pressure, just everything. Um, and I use that, and it maintains basically my blood pressure. So when I go up to those certain elevations, that my I just don't drop and get dizzy and just can't go on. Right. And when I had those braces, it, it wasn't a problem at all. The only the hardest thing was obviously the walking and how to howing knowing how to use. Uh, the new equipment. So it took maybe like, I want to say a couple of weeks or two. And mm-hmm. then when I learned how in my own way, how to get the both legs to function and swing um, one after the other, um, it was just all downhill or uphill really. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had again, hours upon hours of that. And she would still be behind me and touch me and be like, gee, I'm good. I'm good. And she goes, no, I know. But she was always just well, cautious. Yeah, yeah, you're always yeah, a little yeah, bit worried. Absolutely. But I, I built up to literally walk in um, on my own for the whole entire session, which would be an hour or so. Um, and then I would, even though I got hurt right from the beginning, um, I was contacted by both my uh, head coach or the varsity coach a freshman coach when I got hurt uh Mark Aaron the varsity coach for football Michael Schubeck and um even the freshman and varsity coach for basketball uh coach Al and mm. uh Andrew Benny and they would still let me be a part of the team basically I still had my jerseys I still suited up the whole nine and um when varsity came uh, I would basically school got out around uh 2 30 so I go from there right up to uh, Allied Services, which is about a half hour away, and three, and I'd stay there. I had an OT and PT for about two hours every single day. And then from there, I would go back home to a basketball practice, which was around like 5, 5.30. And I would just go to all the practices, games, everything. And I, I still felt as if I was still a part of the team, you know what I mean? And they gave me that chance to still be the regular me just mm-hmm. in a different form and I would always go to the practice and coach Al came up to me with the idea and he said that he knew that I was walking with the braces and if I would decide opt to basically not go to Allied anymore and instead walk at practice instead of rushing all the way up there and then coming back mm-hmm. down and then doing mm-hmm. that basically killing two birds with one stone and I said yeah absolutely and he goes, I already talked to um, our trainer, who at the time was uh, Angie Claybeck, and she would stretch me out on my legs for about an hour close to it before practice, strap on the braces, and I would walk about the two, two and a half, three hours sometimes oh my God. Um, during practice and just walk all around the baselines on the courts and stuff. And in a sense, it gave even more of um, excitement and fuel and adrenaline rush because it, it gave me more of a look that, okay, I, I am practicing with the guy instead mm-hmm. of just watching everyone. Mm-hmm. And Coach I would even, like, make smart remarks, like, let, like, let's move it and stuff like that, like, joking around, but in a serious matter, too. Like, just any way to keep me a part of the team. And when 
I was doing that for months upon months. And when senior night was approaching for us, he asked me if right during practice they were doing team was doing drills and stuff and he approached me and he said how would you feel to walk for um senior night and i was a little skeptical but i'm like he's he's done all this for me i said yeah sure why not so a couple weeks had gone by and he stopped me after practice when i was leaving and he held me back and he goes um i contacted i just want to let you know like i contacted a few people um a few news stations and things like that like what you're going to be doing and it's just like a like an ongoing cycle of me just not knowing really mm-hmm. uh, how, the importance of stuff because I'm a pretty humble guy. Like I don't um, expect anything to be handed to me. I don't want all this recognition for stuff I feel that I should be doing anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when he brought that up, I still had no idea of the importance of what I was actually doing, just how I, when I got hurt, okay, you broke your neck, like, no big deal. Like, give me a brace, I'll go to school. And same thing with this. And when he said he contacted a few people, I said, okay, no big deal. So I believe it was the next day or so, I was in school and the superintendent came in the elevator with me right at the end of the day. And he goes, yeah, um, we know that you're walking for a senior night and ESPN contacted us. Mm-hmm. And I'm, <laughs> it was like, what? what? And he just like walked away. It was the most random conversation ever. So I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And next thing you know, um, ESPN followed me throughout that whole entire process of that day. Oh, did and they? Yeah, oh, right from fun. the end of my last class at school mm-hmm. um, up until about 10 o'clock that night. So a good eight, nine hours. Um, I was mic'd up the whole nine. And I got to the gym relatively early, and it was just completely packed. Like, it was there yeah, Chaos. it was mayhem. Yeah, yeah, was it was people crazy. Outside, I, I've never seen the gym or anything, any place really that packed in my life. I mean, um, there was people coming downstairs through the elementary school um, to go upstairs because that's just how packed it was. Yeah, and when that happened, oh man, it was. I, I still think about that. Um, I, I told myself I wasn't going to choke up or anything else, but. When my name was announced uh, by uh, Rick Notary, who does all that mm-hmm. stuff for us, mm-hmm. yeah. he, the way he announced my name and stuff, it, it shined light that that's what would be being said and that's how it would be announced and stuff like that. If I like made a shot or if I did something mm. good and things like that. So that's what hit me the hardest, really. Not even just the standing or the people, like all that was great, but um, the way he announced my name and the like the little comments that he was making, it was just as if I w- that's what would happen if I was actually playing the game. And I walked to half court, everyone was going crazy, mm-hmm. and then we, we ended up losing on overtime, but um, it was still a victory in my eyes, you know. And, and it should be noted that these are not power braces you're wearing. No. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, these, people these, need to know. These are right. not power braces. These are... Just the manufactured sort of plastic braces. Yeah, they that, have those robot things now. Yeah, yeah they have. Yeah, I was at an APT American right, Physical Therapy right. Association conference, and they had like the braces, like the robot braces. Yeah, I've been seeing those, and people walk with them with canes. No, these are just hardcore plastic yeah. and metal, and yeah, nice Velcro straps. Uh-huh. That's all I got. Yeah, and I mean, and it was really, really spectacular. And <laughs> it you. really was. Like, I was in tears. <laughs> thank you. And thank as you. I'm sure a lot of other people were as well. But the, what's I think is so great and is, is sort of a testament to the town and to the school is, and, and to your coaches is that it's not like they treated you with kid gloves. Right, absolutely. You know, and I, I really think, and, and I'm sure, you know, you feel this way as well, is that that led so much to your recovery and your confidence and oh, and just 100%. your mindset, you know, rather than than saying, well, you know, if you want to come to some practices, you oh, can. No, you, you, you Do you know right what I mean? The head. I mean, um, junior year, so I got hurt um, eighth grade, and it even goes way back before that. Um, a teacher that I had in seventh grade, she actually came after school up allied for well over the hours that she was being paid for. 
Yeah, Jen Cherla, yeah. her name was, and or still is. Still is. She's <laughs> and, so nice. She's yeah, right, sweet. right. Sorry about that. And <laughs> she would. She's got the, a heart of gold. I mean, we mm-hmm. still have a relationship now. Like I talked to her just a couple of days ago. I mean, just the heart that she has is I, I can never repay her back of everything that she's given me. But because I wasn't strong enough, or mm-hmm. I had therapy, I had therapy seven days a week. I mean. In, yeah, in, in people, people like, there don't is no, understand how right, there, rigorous that is. Yeah, there is there is no days off for me, and she would come after, um, after school, right up about a half hour drive, and I, <laughs> not gonna lie, I was that that kid sometimes that would, I, it it kind of helped me out too in a sense because I tell G, I, I, Gina, I go, I go, G, I go, no, just keep keep me a little bit longer after the session and stuff because it was my <laughs> yeah. last session and so I you knew she to go would, to school. Yeah. Yeah, I knew she was right up there. I knew she had a time. It did not matter. Like, as soon as we started, she would stay until, like, the work was all done. Mm-hmm. And even when I came home, she did the same thing, and she kept me on track and kept me um, aligned. And and that's what kept me up with my grade so I didn't have to fall behind. And right. I was taking all honors classes and things at the time. And um, freshman year started, and I was able to go back to school full time. And I was able to pick up basically where I left off, in a sense, with my old teammates classmates Mm -hmm. and everything else so I didn't have to go back so it started with her with that Mm -hmm. that and then also Gina giving me the strength to go back into school and it's just all these um tiny pieces of every individual that are all put together to complete like the the full set and junior year came and I would always go up allied and stuff I was telling you get my physical therapy Mm -hmm. and uh, it was my junior year, and my the linebacker coach Dan Holland uh, approached me, and we we didn't talk either um, prior prior to this at all. And he was relatively new, and he he's a pretty young guy as well. And he was a great football player at Mansfield. He got inducted in the Hall of Fame there mm. uh, for a uh, linebacker, but he, he's out of his mind with his worth ethic and how hard he pushes himself in the gym and constantly lifting every day and he goes I don't know like what I would be doing if I wasn't doing this so he approached me my junior year and said why don't you come down and lift with the team and stuff like that because obviously I couldn't get my PE credits Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, because of my injury so they had these two individuals I forget the lady's name but the other the other guy he had was uh, Franco Verjone and Frigioni was uh, basically a typical like Italian, like the old forage kind of mm-hmm. guy, and mm-hmm. um, he had more worth ethic and mindset as I did. And we were both on the same page, same as me and Gina. And I would go actually when we had gym, I would go with him down in the weight room and do like a workout for that forty-five minutes or whatever that class period was sure. with him to get my credits and. That started freshman year, and we started building a bond, and he we ended up doing it two days a week um, from freshman year all the way up to senior year. And then even now today, still to this day, we will hook up at least once or twice during a winter session or winter break or and go to the gym and catch up with things and still do our workout things. But Franco and Coach Dan were they, – they knew each other. They were pretty good friends, and – he knew that I was going down there on lift and it wasn't just something new to mm-hmm. me. And he goes, why don't you come down with the team? And I said, okay, sure. So once I got there, he goes, all right, like I'll be over there. If you need anything, he goes, let me know. And they have this Smith machine. For those that don't know what a Smith machine is, it's basically like an assisted kind of bar, like a mm-hmm. bench type thing. Mm-hmm. And I use that with, uh, cause my, my hands aren't, um, I still don't have full use of my hands. So with that, it helps like mm-hmm. tremendously. Yeah, sure, And sure. when I went there the first time, it was the weirdest feeling because I always had like Gina or like somebody there. parents or someone always there. Yeah. And that was the first time where like, like I was on my own, but I wasn't. Like if I needed anything, they were obviously right there. But mm-hmm. it was the first time that I could actually say like, okay, like it, it was just as if I was playing the game and I was never hurt. You know what I mean? Like I was just training how I used to lift when I was in seventh grade, mm-hmm. seventh grade with the freshman team and just getting that aspect of it. Oh, it, it meant literally the world to me. And then from there it was just guys the limits. So I started um, doing some benching, um, the full workout. Like there's no like their bands or anything mm-hmm. else that you see. It was, 
um, literally weightlifting um, in, in, in the chair. I did bench, I did incline, I did military press, shoulder press, everything. Um, I would actually go onto the mat that they had there uh-huh. and uh, lay on my stomach. Coach Dan would lift up my kneecaps and I would just do push-ups like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he would put weights on my back, like the whole night, and I still do even to this day. Um, he's got another heart of gold, too, that would take the shirt off his back um, to help mm-hmm. myself or any of his players or anyone really that needed it, you know. And it's just it just shows – even though he's a, a West Sider <laughs> from uh, Scranton, he wasn't actually born here. But what I'm telling, there's just something about this place that it just gets you. I mean, once you're once you're here, um, you can be born and raised here, or you can just move here, and you just feel the love, and mm-hmm. you just know that um, it's kind of like the military. Like they they pro- definitely protect their own. Agreed. Um, and in a sense, everyone's like a a baby cub, kinda, and protected by the mother bear. Mm-hmm. And they definitely go to war for you. Um, I it was, I was in Philadelphia two hours away, and I had kids nonstop coming mm-hmm. to see me, mm-hmm. and I would be so tired. Like I remember, I fell asleep on um, Tony Goodall, one of my buddies and his his family, and I was like so out of it. I was exhausted, and my mom, my mom was basically not kicking me, but she was like shrugging me, saying like, "Get up, like wake up, like they just drove two hours," and I didn't understand at the time. Again, right. I was just so young, and um, when I moved even closer to home, about a half hour away, it was just mayhem again. I mean, right. people nonstop coming in. I mean, they not like bouncers, but it was kind of like like a last call on a bar. Like people were still there, and mm. they had to kind of like ask them to leave because it just nonstop continuous support from my town and everyone else really that i people i have no idea who they even were and even to this day people are coming up to me saying how are you doing like oh i'm still praying for you mm-hmm. and everything else and that means the world to me you know um just nine well, years later yeah um, and and that support that community yeah, support is for, i mean family support you obviously have that but the community support is so important for anyone after like a traumatic injury like this. And, and I just want to go back and just, I think it's really important that you mentioned that you go to the weight room and you lift real weights. I think a lot of times people, when they see someone who maybe has a spinal cord injury or is disabled, they think, Oh, we have to put on the kid gloves and that you don't want to push them too hard, but that you can do this. And you're, you know, that and was, I think you're proof of that, that it's okay to push people and you have to push people. That That's the biggest thing. I mean, anybody who goes through um, a type of injury like this, or it doesn't even have to be an injury, but anything, any tragic or unfortunate event in life, like right. you always, always, I know I do, look for anyone who was in your position or still is and mm-hmm. excelled in it. And that was the biggest thing with me. I mean, when I first got hurt, I'd never heard of Adam Talaferro before. Um, he was um, an outstanding running back in the Jersey, Philadelphia area. And he um, went to Penn State um, and moved positions, switched positions to defense and started as a true freshman or played a couple games as true freshman mm-hmm. and broke his neck. And mm. with uh, obviously the hard work, determination, the work ethic that he had, the support system and a little bit of luck and faith. He walked out Penn State the opening game of the following year. Wow. And when I heard about him, I'm like, I actually had dinner with his old high school coach and his father, and uh, I was just getting motivated by that. I talked to him a couple of times, but he also has a book, um, Miracle in the Making. And I just always looked for an outlet who people were in my similar in my position and accepted. Sure. That's the same thing with me. I mean, weightlifting. uh, There's a guy by the name of Nick Scott. He. I'm sorry, I lost you for a second there. What was his name again? His name was Nick Scott. He uh, has a little more function than I do, but he's constantly weightlifting, and he uses a chair too. Um, And now he is the co-founder or the founder of uh, Power Chair weightlifting or something like that okay and he's got a couple videos but other than that whenever i look at workout or cardio type things i mean just because you're in a chair doesn't stop you from living your life you know what i mean sure so what do you do for cardio especially that so i would look 
I would look on YouTube and everything else for ideas and things mm-hmm. of that nature, and I could find literally nothing. And then when I did, there was some like aerobics thing with these people with these bands, and I'm thinking, this is not. That's doing, not for me. No, there's no beneficial mm-hmm. anything uh, for me. So I talked to Gina, and she gave me a couple things, but. Um, I went, I've been going down actually to, cause I have a manual chair. So my ramp is a pretty slight incline and I would either in the be- early ages, I would, e- even now I would still go and push up and down the ramp nonstop, mm-hmm. go backwards, go upwards, mm-hmm. the whole nine, um, build up my upper body strength. And then last year I started going around my block and Oh Even though God. it's a small town, like there's still a decent amount of hills, and you don't realize how many hills are the slightest incline. How have the hard biggest that impact, is! Like actually sitting down and doing it. Yeah. And I started with that, and then now just this past year, I have been going down to the football field in the morning, and I was going around the track, around the track five times is a mile, and I did that one time, but it was just uneven and stuff like that because mm-hmm. obviously the rain to get off of all that stuff, and it was just not wheelchair-friendly, really. Mm-hmm. So I Googled how many uh, yards were in a mile, and it was 1,760. So I thought to myself, so I just do 17 100-yard sprints and then a 60-yarder at the end, and that's like my mile. Oh, and my God. I my yeah, I built myself up to do about two miles in under like either close to an hour it was or a little bit over. And that was just like in the beginning. Um, so that was my cardio type thing. And then also um, doing the stuff on the mats and things like that, mm-hmm. the gym I was telling you yeah. um, before. Mm. Fantastic. And now, so now, you know, you, you have to admit you're probably one of those guys that maybe other people are looking up to. Right. Yeah. Um, and you're also working with a great company um, called iLevel. So they're power wheelchairs, and I think it's iLevel.rehab is the... iLevel is the chair, but Quantum chair. Rehab Prime Mobility is the actual um, wheelchair manufacturing corporation. So talk a little bit more about these chairs and how... Talk about... <laughs> you could talk about kind of what you do for your role in, the, in that uh, company and how those their chairs have impacted your life. I mean, I saw the if you go to iLevel.rehab, you can take a look at the chairs. They're, it's pretty fantastic. But yeah, they're, they're really wild. Really unbelievable. So first of all, let's talk about the chair. So what makes the chair different than regular chairs? Okay, so this new iLevel technology that we have come out with is, um, to simply put it um, and sum it up in one word, is speed um mm. a lot of other chairs um, are only tested or safe to only go about quarter speed so like 0.5 one mile an hour okay um, in, in the elevated position well we came out with and not only the actual moving speed of the chair but also the actuator speed so the actuators are the what elevate the chair fully up or recline it back or how long it actually takes to do that and Prior to this, our old units on the our Q6 edges, it took about 45 to 50 seconds to fully elevate about like the 10 inches up, which is just absurd. I mean, just think about you as um, an able-bodied person trying to stand up out of your chair and taking 45 to 50 seconds. Right, right. It's just ridiculous. And then you're just going to find ways throughout the day not to (laughs) stand up. Uh And the same thing with this. I mean, from an independence factor is just huge because now – this chair, the actuator speed about cutting in half to like 23, 24 seconds. Mm-hmm. And we're actually working on a faster time. But just that part alone is just ridiculous because. God, I never thought about it that way. Exactly. Like in, from an independence factor, so say there's something on the counter and you're in a hurry. I right. mean, being in a product, like you're constantly up against time and a constant sure. battle with time every single day. And those 45, 50 seconds add up more and more absolutely and when you see something like even though you can get it on the counter because how long it would take if someone's there you'd be like hey can you uh get that for me or can you grab that real quick and it just takes away your independence a little bit even though you could do it you Mm -hmm. just rely on others to do Mm -hmm. it for you Mm -hmm. so that the actuator speed with that and then also the walking speed the walking speed has just been um incredibly um impactful i mean 
I, I didn't think anything of it. So prior to this, like I, um, I graduated, I was just graduated in May and looking, I was reminiscing, looking back on old photos and I would always be in the seated position mm-hmm. and all my other chairs always elevated, but because of how long it took and how slow I would be able to move upright, it just made me not want to do it at all. Right. And at the time it felt normal being in pictures like that, but now I just can't stand it. It just looks awkward. It just doesn't feel right. And now being in this chair with the actuator speed at about 23, 24 seconds and also the walking speed or the moving speed of the chair is now tested to three and a half miles an hour. So that's more of a, of a normal walking speed. Right. It's even more than that. Yeah. Too, yeah. Um, that I've been fast walking speed. To know. Absolutely. That's yeah. a New York style walking speed. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> because prior to this, it was about 0.5 to one mile an hour only. Yeah. So, so for people thinking about what, what, okay, what does that mean? 0.135, go on a treadmill. Exactly. And set the treadmill speed for 0.5 or one mile an hour and then set it for 3.5 miles an hour. And you'll see the difference because at 3.5 miles per hour, and that's a pretty quick pace of a walk, but but if you're at 0.5, then the people walking with you have to kind of slow their speed down and and it just sort of takes away. And like you said, when when time is of the essence and you're in a chair, you can only go as fast as the chair is allowing you to go. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, before this, people would always have to wait for me if I wasn't in the elevated position, but now close to or now nine years i mean this is the first time that i've ever have been able to have to wait for my friends or right. anyone else right. you know i mean it's just from a, a different aspect of things and oh and one one more thing when when we are talking about these chairs that ele- how they elevate it's sort yeah. of you know you're if, if you think about a normal wheelchair is like at the height of like a normal chair yeah, it's and at, so, you're literally at eye level with the person when you're right. fully elevated. So when you're elevated, the chair seat itself elevates up so that, yes, when you're speaking to someone, you're on the same level as them. And, and what a difference that must make versus always feeling like you have to look up to people. Oh, I, I mean, it's just... It, uh, absolutely. Like what did that so, what did that feel like? There's just so many factors like from this. I mean, just like the walking speed. So... Um, like my girlfriend now, like when I walk side by side with her, or like my friends or anything, like you feel more um, involved in everything that's part going of, around. Part you. of like, the world, part of the conversation. Right. It's not like you're just kind of like the third wheel and like they have to kind of like tell you like what was just being said. Um, so there's the right. walking speed. Then there's like the social aspect of it. So getting up to a con top mm-hmm. at even uh, dinner place. I mean, I went out to eat the other night and all they had was high top tables left and they looked at me. I'm like, no, it's okay. Like this elevates up right? and um, no problem. Got right in. But if and it wasn't for that, like I would have to wait even there. But then yeah. also just the initiating uh, conversation, it was one of the biggest things I noticed. It's like, I always thought that it was the speed and being at the height of everyone else. But then as I'm using the product even more and more um, every day that I'm noticing little things that I didn't pick up on in the beginning, like you were mm-hmm. saying, um, conversation with someone, people yeah. who aren't really acclimated with people in wheelchairs or don't know how to approach them mm-hmm. per se. And they don't know like how to be respectful really. So do I bend over? Do I take a knee? Right. Um, how do I like be respectful in a sense and still have the conversation? Right. And with this, it just literally takes that erases that completely Mm -hmm. i've had a number of strangers people i had no idea who they were um they would see the chair or they would ask about it or if it was just something completely random and we were just literally talking we were face to face that it just took away that awkward um absolutely and for the fourth of july they had on the third of july they had this firework display show and up in Scranton and I was there with uh, my girlfriend and we were at this vendor and it was around kind of dusk and the lady turned around and the line was just so long and we were moving so slow and we were talking to this lady for at least five a good five ten minutes mm-hmm. and we were moving very slow like I was saying we were having a conversation and after about five ten minutes she looked down at me because I was in the eye level position she was probably thinking like, how is this guy hovering <laughs> basically? And when she looked down, she goes, Oh my God, like, I had no idea that you were in a chair. And wow. That, how that powerful the, is that? Yeah. That was literally like one of the 
best compliments I have ever received mm. being in a chair because that's what you want. I mean, yeah, it, like nobody wants this, but here and that, it was just like I'm, I'm still the same person, just a of little course. extra equipment, but here and that, saying like you and I had no idea. And I was also up there, there's a big La Festa, um, which all these vendors from all over the area go. There's about like 70 plus, there's music, the whole nine. And I was up there a couple, two weeks ago and I was getting cannolis and the way they had it set up was basically a bakery type mm-hmm. right in the front. There was everything else. So it was blocking like her vision kind of. And she was talking, the lady was talking to someone and when she realized that I was there to buy something, she looked, she goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like how long were you standing there? Mm-hmm. And she, she, right, cause it was literally just like my waist up right. that she saw and I was so elevated that right. it appeared that I was standing. So there is another instance um, and like how powerful and the impact that it has yeah. on my life opposed to, or as much as it's going to have on so many other lives in the disabled community. I mean, yeah. it's just, it really is. Um, to get so impactful, yeah, absolutely. It's such a benefit, um, and it means so much to the user, to the consumer, mm-hmm. to the anyone um, who's in this product. And it shines light that okay, yeah, I'm in a chair, but like I said before, it's just because you're in a, a chair or have something wrong with you doesn't mean you should stop preventing you from living your life, you know? Absolutely, and and it just sounds like the emotional and psychological benefits, aside from physical benefits of now, okay, you're at eye level or you can go Absolutely. a little faster, just far even outweigh the, mm-hmm. the physical benefits of that. And just being part of the community, you know, Be, and not that you weren't, not that you weren't before, but it's just easier, right? Yeah, I read somewhere that the only disability in life is a, just a bad attitude, and mm-hmm. that couldn't be more true. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of physicality that goes into it, but the mental aspect and the emotions that you just how strong willed that you have to be is just sometimes even more important than the physicality of it. Sure. I mean, um, and that's what insurance companies we have been fighting for because they'll only reimburse basically either seat elevation or tilt and recline. It's not both. Oh, um, God. Exactly. So they just don't, they see it more like, obviously to prevent skincare. Um, Skin breakdown. From breakdown, yeah. right, that you're going to get the, the tilt and recline, but um, seat elevation. If you're living alone and stuff, you can get, grab things off of the countertops. Um, it's huge. The social aspect. You can go grocery shopping. Like when you were at school, like just going and being able to write on a board. That That's one of the biggest things. And we've been shooting all these videos and the performance yeah. videos of the chair and being able awesome. to doing all these things. Like we're showing all these little benefits that they it goes blind to basically be seen by the insurance companies or people who really aren't using the chairs mm-hmm. or are acclimated mm-hmm. with what they're involving mm-hmm. or being yeah. involved with and it's just trying to shine light on that that it is important um and it is a necessity and it's not a luxury you know no it's not that it's definitely not a luxury i mean it is part of living a fulfilling life absolutely so it is definitely not a necessity um, now where, so we've got a couple minutes left. So what's, what's up for you next? So you graduate from college now, now what happens? So I just, um, worked my way up to become one of those spokes people for, mm-hmm. um, the company, the company quantum rehab. And I actually have a show in Boston on abilities expo in Boston this week. And I leave tomorrow morning, come back Sunday, um, all consumers and we're going to represent the company out there. Um, so working still within the company, testing out products, mm-hmm. um, giving my input with the R and D, having a good re- relationship with them, what works, what don't work, mm-hmm. what doesn't work. Um, and we have so many consumer advocates, um, with us and we have so, a plethora of disabilities that what may work for me may not work for someone else. And this company, um, Scott, our CEO, he is, he definitely practices what he preaches and on the consumer and the consumer matters. And, mm-hmm. and in a sense, he's right. I mean, because without us, like the company really wouldn't be anything. Absolutely. Um, so it, it just shows that the kind of character that he has and 
the family atmosphere that quantum brings um and how open they are to listening to the problems and not only listening but addressing them as well and that's what i just can't thank the people there enough because not only are they impacting my life but thousands of lives all around the world really and um just continuing my role there um and also i'm have a night class tonight i have a night class tuesday thursday for a LSAT prep for oh, law school. Great. So, so I'm gonna shoot for taking the test either the fifth or the eighth of December, and then um, try to apply for uh, my top is either Temple or somewhere around there in uh, next fall. So, great. and I want to do something with the legal department within the company too. So, also mm-hmm. have that spokesperson slash lawyer with the disability or the, sure. the products. Um, so, doing them the two in one kind of like the win, the win-win yeah. situation. So I'm in a, a great place. I'm fortunate enough and uh, blessed enough to have this incredible platform to help so many others um, in a similar position that I am and uh, impact and hopefully help and make their lives better. Um, and just to shine light that just because you're in the chair again, that it shouldn't stop you from living, doing what you love to do and, continue living your life, you know, to the fullest. Absolutely. And I was just going to ask you, being, you know, September is Spinal Cord Injury Awareness Month, what is your best advice for someone with a spinal cord injury? But I think you just said it. But, but that's the thing, you just like never get up, you never give up. And obviously people with spinal cord and people who don't have spinal cords is just never take anything for granted. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and also I had a teacher in high school uh, show us this documentary. Which right? teacher? Uh, Jen. Jen. Uh, Sorry, I, I don't want to say. I don't want to say Michelle because now it's Wyatt, but it was okay. Jen Michelle. Uh huh. And she. Uh, oh, she was a Hannon girl, I believe. So uh-huh. she didn't go. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I had her for actually a lot class, and she showed us a documentary on the professor Randy Posh, was his name, and I, I absolutely fell in love with, with his quotes. It was about an hour long. And he said that the brick walls aren't there to keep you out. The brick walls are there, um, to show us how badly that we want something. And they're there to basically keep out, um, the other people and not yourself. And the same thing with anybody with a spinal cord injury. I mean, it, life's not just an, an upward path or a straight path. I mean, never. You have, in order to have the ups, you're going to have to have the downs or else the ups wouldn't feel as high. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just constantly just, working hard and like in reality like I should have died nine years ago um and about 30 years ago like people did whoever suffered a spinal cord injury really or a broken neck and I'm just fortunate enough to see another day and just not take for granted anything um and live life to the fullest and help out anybody who um is uh, going through those hard times in the beginning, like I saw my down days, but I know better days are still to come. I mean, whenever a dark night comes a brighter day and I just want to shine light that there is that light at the end of the tunnel and it's, <laughs> it's not going to be easy, but it'll definitely be worth it. And you just have to have that mindset, right. And, um, support yourself with great people around you and, mm-hmm. and the impossible is nothing really. Well, thank you so much. That's great advice for anyone, by the way. And, and again, um, the, if you want to see more of these fantastic chairs, so for all those rehab people listening and wondering what, what that's all about, it's ilevel.rehab. That's right, right? Yeah, Quantum Rehab um, is yeah. the actual company. Qu- Quantum Rehab Prime Mobility. And then you can go to the site. It's right on there. And then also the iLevel um, chair is our new technology that is probably the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah, you have to check it out, people. I'm telling you. Absolutely. It's really, really cool. So, Kyle, thanks so much for coming on again. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you, um, You're very welcome. And, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. Have a and great if, week. Yeah, go if, ahead. And if uh, anybody wants to reach out to me or anything like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How can they do my, that? Uh, my Facebook um, for the company is Kyle Eigen, K-I-E-L. E-I-G-E-N um, with the number sign two. Got it. So, um, so go to Facebook. Yeah, I post like all, it. all 
inspirational stuff on there and try to motivate um, and help out anybody who's feeling a little down, um, anybody with disability or even an able-bodied person. You know what I mean? I'm just here to help. I mean, Will Smith said it best when um, if you're not making someone else's life better, then you're just wasting your time and that your life will become better by making other lives better. And that's what I strive to do every day, you know? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And everyone, thanks thanks for listening. Have a great week. Stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Appreciate it.